0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm very excited to talk with my guest today. His name came up as part of the conversation that I had last week during my interview with Danny Marshall of the Western Bulldogs, and I reached out to him following the episode, and he was gracious enough to join us today. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome the Managing Director of Global Sports 360, Mr. Cameron Richardson, to the show. Welcome, Mr. Richardson. Hi, Craig. How are you? I am great. I'm great. It's uh, 7.15 on a Friday morning here and rare to go. Well, Thanks for coming on 9. today.
1: 9.15, I think, or 9.15 or 10.15 on a Friday night. And I wouldn't say raring to go, uh, probably in a little bit of wind-down mode after all week's work, but um, excited to be on your show and and um, uh, privileged that you reached out. So um, hopefully we can uh, provide a little bit more insight. Um, for the listeners. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it's, it's, uh, we have a good time.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. This was, uh, yeah, I had, I had a great time uh, talking to Danny last week. She's, yeah, she seems to be one of the, 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 the kindest most grounded people I've, I've talked to in, in a long time. I, I teach school for, for a living and she, just, it was a great interview. And, and your name came up as being somebody who was integral in her becoming, you know, an AFLW player. Um, like I said, last week I sat down to talk with her. And, you know, how did you go about finding yourself in the position where you discovered Danny and I'll, I'll mention the other player that you were looking at as well, Sarah Rohner. How did you find yourself in that position?
1: Uh, Craig, I was in Los Angeles in August 2018 on a, on a personal holiday. And a very close friend of mine, James Waddell who now resides in the United States, um, and James has had a variety of roles with the Denver Bulldogs, It uh, said to me, um, when, you, when you get to America, drop into Los Angeles, which you have to do anyway, flying in from Australia, but he said, stay in LA for the weekend. We've got a tournament, a footy tournament going on. There's a, there's a player or two I think you might want to have a look at uh, to see if they're good, you know, potentially good enough uh, for the AFLW. And Sarah Edwards Rona was was that player, and uh, we we chatted uh, uh, before the game, and and I just said, oh yeah, I'll have a look. I chatted to Sarah, chatted to James, and said that you know that yeah, if you if you're serious about uh, coming out, and, and I like what I see, then through a previous life uh, being employed by the Footscray Football Club, which is now the Western Bulldogs, I, I've retained some. 25 or 30 year friendships in uh through that involvement and and yeah um I said I'll have a look at the games and uh, run some water and just get involved uh which I did and the Denver team didn't have enough ladies at the time to make up a full team on this weekend and there were some girls that had flown in from Phoenix um that were with the Arizona Hawks as I later found out to, to help them fill in the team and compete against uh, the team from Los Angeles, which is quite strong. Um, and, um, it was a tallish girl on the team. Um, and I, I never got to meet her on that, uh, on the trip. I never met her personally face to face, but she was playing in the ruck and she was out running most people on the ground. She was marking, um, everything in sight and she kicked the ball left and right foot in an awkward style, but with some distance. And I went, hmm, okay. Wonder who that girl is. And that girl later turned out to be Danny Marshall. And uh, yeah, that's that's how it all started. I just happened to be, to be honest, you know, you're the right place in the right time. Um, you know, we have a saying in Australia. Sometimes you're Johnny on the spot at the right time. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, um, and 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 it started there from that from that moment.
0: And you, you reached out, you eventually reached out to them and, uh, and they, they, they took what you might call a leap of faith to, to come to Australia and to try to, to show, to see what they had and see whether they yeah. could compete.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Craig, Sarah, Sarah was really keen, really keen. Um, and I just said to Sarah and James, absolutely. And I'm happy to help. You out and um, and and try and back you in with some connections, but it might be easier if you've got a travelling companion. So okay. I asked them both. I said, "If we're really serious about this, chase up that tall girl for me that was on that was on your team but was part of the other team." And then a day, about a day after that in LA, someone actually told me they said, "Oh, Danny's only been playing the game for three months." And I thought, okay, <laughs> I just saw the best player with a lot of upside um, potential. And, okay, she only been playing for three months. And then I continued on the rest of my trip to the United States, came back to Australia, and very kindly uh, Sarah Edwards-Rona tracked Danny down. They had a conversation, and uh, Sarah said to Danny, um, between Denver and Phoenix, Uh, I've got this guy in Australia, I've met him a couple of times, he's a cricket agent, he thinks we're both okay, he thinks we might have a shot at trialling for AFLW. And she contacted Danny and then Danny ended up making contact with me or I made contact with her, I'm not exactly sure now, it's about 18 months ago now, um, via uh, Facebook, uh, FaceTime or Facebook Messenger on video. Okay and we had a conversation and yep both the, both the young ladies took a leap of faith
0: and you had and, and both of these both of these young ladies were were you know kind of somebody that you could see would be good ambassadors for the game because you know the Americans tend to have a bit of a reputation of being brash and that type of thing but you know after having talked to Danny i would say she's the polar opposite of that
1: I've I've been very fortunate in my life. I've I've had a fantastic time over many trips to the US over many years for a variety of reasons, and and met some fantastic Americans. And um, so I can only speak um, so highly of the, of the time I've had. But both the girls are very modest, and they're both what I would call team orientated people. And I can see that, and I can see that they would fit into the culture. Uh, down here in Australia, because down here in Australia, especially in a sport like Aussie Rules football, ah. uh, people—you need to be a team-oriented player, a team-first player. If you're not, you get found out pretty quickly, and you right, get sorted because, out fairly quickly.
0: Because you know, and, and when you're out on the, when you're out on the on the field, you you're you definitely have to be team-oriented because you are, you know, you you are links in a chain in terms of you know moving the ball. Up and down the field, or preventing the ball from moving up and down the field, you're you're all dependent upon one another. That's that's true. So you, you... Uh,
1: absolutely, and, and also in Aussie rules football, there's a lot of sacrificial acts from players: blocking, mm-hmm. shepherding, tackling. Yes, that yep. that are, that are crucial. That mightn't go on the stat sheet, but the coaches really appreciate. We call them one percenters here in Australia, and the coaches really appreciate it. And both the girls have that ability to to perform those one percenters as well as some some other fantastic qualities they had um so so yeah the um they did the girls took a leap of faith uh, they paid their own way uh, to come out to australia in uh, may 2019 and the only thing i was able to offer them was side so some spare rooms at my home and i said right. look i can Provide you some accommodation at at no cost to yourselves.
0: And that, that right there is a, is a significant thing as well. You know, you're opening up your home to, you're opening up your home to somebody that you met in passing and then somebody that you've only talked to online. I mean, that is a, that's, that, that was a very kind thing on your part to do that. And, and again, it was very, it's another one of those, you know, leaps of faith. It's a, you know, back to, to the one percenter thing real quickly, it's, you know, they, they say this in, uh, in basketball and in baseball and that type of thing, that it's, uh, that a lot of the, you know, what you would call the one percenters, they're doing the kinds of things that don't necessarily show up in the statistics. But as you said, the coaches notice it.
1: 100%. And, and, yeah. and the sort of players, those sort of players that teammates absolutely love and respect and coaches love and respect. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I saw, I saw those qualities in the girls, um, in the US and just talking to them. You could tell by just talking to them that there, there was going to be a commitment, um, to what, what was really a long shot. Like it was a, a pipe dream, a long shot, a punt, uh, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and both the girls had an ab- unbelievable, um, it was unbelievable, brave decision for different reasons. Um, You know, Danny, um, you know, married to her husband, Ryan, uh, about to potentially start a family. Um, You have to put those things on hold. You know, she was starting a business that was starting to flourish. That gets put on hold. And and Sarah, too, she's a 33-year-old lady from Denver with a young child. And even though her husband, um, John, and her young child, Michael, followed her halfway through the trip, um, it's tough to leave a uh, leave you leave your little boy at home um, yeah uh, you know to fulfill your dream so uh yeah there was a lot of courage shown you know by a by a lot of people um not just the two girls involved directly but there was a lot of family um support uh from both the girls husbands and families and and everyone took the leap of faith and in may 2019 they both uh rolled into melbourne
0: that's a, that is uh it, it was a it, it it's it it's the kind of story that you know if if the aflw is a bigger game right now this is a this is the kind of story that that they make movies out of
1: yeah i was about to just talking about it and i, and I haven't thought much about it and when you reflect on it you're a 100 percent right craig they they make it is a connoisseur kind of story they can make a movie out of, and there's a happy ending at the end. Um, yeah, ab- so it's absolutely, feel good ones. Um, absolutely,
0: at the end, yeah. And you know, once once they got to Australia, you, you know, you had basically said to them, "Well, you know, we're going to have the opportunity to get you out to, you know, to practice with some clubs to to maybe participate in some lower level games, that type of thing." And you know, you mentioned when we talked earlier in the week, you mentioned how Sean Smith actually had some some input in. Getting the information out to the clubs about about Danny and about uh, Sarah as they were as they were making their way into Australia. Can you can you expound on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I was I was very fortunate that a connection and a longtime friend of mine here in Melbourne, uh, a lady by the name of Alison Crabb, wow. who's president of the Aberfeldy Football Club, and the Aberfeldy Football Club is one of the the, the most respected and well known. Uh, football clubs both in the male and female space. And their female program um, had had grown exponentially through Alison and their committee, uh, their president Jim Pound and their coach Claire. Um, They'd really built a great female program. And a number of um, former AFL stars, Sean Smith, Simon Madden, their daughters actually play at Aberfeldy. And so I got to meet Sean through... Uh, once Danny had got in and Sarah had got to Aberfeldy. And when he'd seen uh, specifically Danny play, uh, he was that taken with her ability. Um, he started to make some immediate contact um, to a couple of AFL club coaches, AFLW coaches that he had connections with and said, you know, sort of to the, yeah, you know, without the precise words, hey, there's a girl that's coming from America. You people need to have a really close look at because she's really good.
0: That's terrific, and and it's and this is all, this is all you know. A by chance, this is all by chance. This was not, this was not planned out. This was not, you know, this was. Had you not made it to Los Angeles to watch those games? This, this isn't, well, you, I, I, you,
1: you I and I,
0: you and I are not talking to each other. Exactly. So yeah, this is, I, I'm glad you went to Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> yes, <so> am I <laughs> Yeah. It's, this is, this has been a, you know, a, uh, so, so she gets, she gets um, out to 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 play with Aberfeldy. She's making an impression and, you know, for, for those of us that are in the States and I, and I'm still learning about this as well. You know, she was not part of the draft per se when it came time for the club to add players to the to the club. And and last year they they brought they brought four new teams in. Uh, Looks like they're pushing back. That you know they're hoping to get to have eighteen AFLW teams to match the eighteen that are in the AFL. But sounds like those last four are going to get pushed off for at least a couple of years right now as things hopefully stabilize. But how did she? How did she end up with the Bulldogs?
1: Okay, Alison, in addition to having um, the presidency at Aberfeldy, also runs a leadership training business and and is a very, very savvy uh, businesswoman in the era of corporate leadership. Um, She actually runs the Western Bulldogs AFL uh, leadership program. And she'd said to the coaches, And the recruiting staff at the Bulldogs, look, there's a couple of girls here in Melbourne that are playing with Aberfeldy at the moment. You might want to have a look at and allow them to have a training run. And uh, we had a meeting with the Bulldogs, with Debbie Lee, who's the head of football, and Mick Sandra, who's the head of recruiting, and they mapped out a plan. They said, okay, girls, not not a problem at all. Um, We're happy to have you here at the Bulldogs. We're happy to have you train um, with us for the next, Three weeks. Uh, and, you, you know, before the girls knew it, uh, they, were, they were sharing a change room with people like Brooke Lachlan and Izzy Huntington and players of this ilk that are stars in the AFLW. Uh, you know, the girls have rolled off a plane, had a couple of games at Aberfeld, and all of a sudden they're standing in the change rooms of the Witten Oval uh, doing a warm up with some, you know, some established AFLW stars. And and it was a whirlwind, absolute whirlwind. And then the girls literally just started training, uh, with the Bulldogs. One of the things that the, um the girls asked the Bulldogs in the meeting was for honesty, um, because they're only there here for a short period of time. And the girls said to the Bulldogs in the meeting an uh, the initial meeting, look, guys, if we know you've got plenty of fantastic women, here in Australia, uh, this I remember Danny saying, he said, I know you've got plenty of fantastic women here in Australia. If we're not good enough, just tell us as early as you can because um, we can either go on trial with other teams or, or or seek our opportunity elsewhere. And the Bulldogs said the same thing. We'll give you honesty. But if you are good enough, we want first crack at, uh, at making an offer. Okay. And uh, so with that... Uh, training. They didn't commence training with the with the uh, Western Bulldogs.
0: So you, uh, they, you know, they 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 trained, and I guess the way it works is that each club is allowed to have three international players that are not part of the the draft process.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the VFL system allows you to add uh, up to ten players out from outside of your list. I think it is. I'm not a hundred percent. Oh, with the rules. I'm a I'm a uh, certified or registered uh, cricket manager here in Australia. So I'm very, very up to the rules of uh, management and cricketing contracts and the lists and what have you. Uh, with football I'm not as up to that. But the Bulldogs assured us that if the girls were good enough, they'd be able to be added to the VFL team. And um within a within about a week of training, Danny was actually added to the, the Bulldogs. VFL team and went down to Williamstown uh, football club to play a Friday night game, uh, against, uh, Williamstown for, for the Western Bulldogs VFL team. And, uh, to say that it had been a whirlwind, uh, experience to, to realize you've gone from, a, a park in, uh, Marina Del Rey in Los Angeles to a couple of games in Community football at Essendon District Football League with Aberfeldy into the second best competition in the world within, um, a six month period. And, and over the space of about three games, it was like, wow. That, that, and, is, um, that is amazing. Yeah. It was, it, it was amazing. And, and I must admit, um, myself, Craig, I must admit, I didn't sleep much on the Thursday night pre the Friday night game. I, I got I got one and I don't know if Danny will be um, happy for me to share this story but or a mum will be happy for her to share this story, but I I actually had a conversation the night before to a mum, Mary Ann, who I'd never met and I still to this day haven't personally met. with. We've, we've spoken through social media and what have you uh-huh. a number of times when we've met um, through speaking on video, but um, we haven't met personally. Um, her mum actually put my mind at ease when her mum said, don't worry, she'll be okay. Her mum had never seen a game of AFL or VFL football, and I wasn't quite sure how her mum would know she'd be okay, but she she said one thing to me. She said, in her sporting career, the better the competition is, the better she gets. She'll be okay, Cameron.
0: Wow. And I put the
1: phone down, I thought, okay, that gives me a little bit of comfort. I still didn't sleep much, (laughs) um, hoping she'd do well, but... uh, all of a sudden, we found ourselves on a, on a Friday night in May at the Williamstown football, uh, ground preparing for a VFL game. It was exciting. That, it was really exciting.
0: It is very cool. Now, you, you mentioned when we were talking the other day that there was a, a bit of a, a, a social media frenzy that happened when, uh, when Facebook, um, was tracking her when you went to, uh, to RSEA Park. And you,
1: yeah, that, that, that's a little bit, yeah. That's an interesting, that's an interesting one, Craig. Um uh, she'd played a couple of games for the Bulldogs and done very well. And, and, and it was, there was an underlying, I'll call it an underlying current that the Bulldogs were getting keener and keener. And Danny was getting very keen on the Bulldogs and starting to develop some friendships, um, fairly quickly with some of the, some of the Bulldog, uh, VFL and AFLW players. And Danny had a friend um, who lives here in Melbourne and has been in Melbourne for a number of years uh, playing down at uh, St Kilda and they, and they train and play out of RSA Park in, in a suburb in Melbourne called Morabin. So quite innocently, we went down there on and off night just to watch a friend train. And uh, Dan's, uh, we were waiting inside. It was quite a cold night by this uh, stage. We'd probably skipped along. To about early, late May, early June, and Melbourne was just in the onset of winter. So, waiting inside, and the um, her internet um, or a Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi must have picked up, and Facebook checked her location in to the St Kilda Football Club. Um, we only found out afterwards, coming home from that training night, when we were sitting down for some dinner at a restaurant, and uh, she had about five or six oh. messages from uh, from her now teammates asking. What are you doing at the St. Kilda Football Club? <laughs> and, uh, to Danny's horror, um, there was a, there was probably a little bit of backtracking and, um, a few apologies the next day and some assurances. It was only, uh, quite an innocent thing, um, uh, being at, uh, being at Marab and watching a friend train, but it, it did cause quite a little internal frenzy amongst a few people.
0: That's, you know, that, that's, you know, both the, the, I guess the blessing and the curse of, uh, of, of electronic, uh, tracking and and knowing where you are and that sort of thing, you know, and you know, when you, you know, you're, I, you know, I send my kids out on trips, that sort of thing. I've always said to them now that they've got their smartphones, you know, turn on your, you know, your tracking so I can see where you are on your trip. So I, I know I have an idea of when you're going to be where you're going to get to. Um, so she, she ultimately, she ends up joining the bulldogs and yep. you, you, you talked about, uh, you know, there's, there's a great, uh, video out there, you know, as she's getting ready to make this, this move to Australia, there's this great video of, of her husband, Ryan, who, you know, according to my conversation last week, and I sounds like I'm going to have to agree with her is the best husband in the world. Um, those are Danny's words. And I, from what I have read and what I've seen, I agree with her on that. Um, I think my wife might agree too. Um, but, <laughs> but there was, there was a video and you said you were with him at one instance where it was kind of a surreal moment, um, with Ryan. And you, you had, a, you had a really good story about Ryan in Australia. If you would be interested in sharing that one.
1: Yeah, Ryan came down. Uh, Danny had two stints. He had a, the first stint in May and then the, the Bulldogs offer a, a deal, which he took back home with her to discuss with Ryan to make sure it was the life decision they want to make, sign the deal, sign the contract, um, the international rookie contract with the Bulldogs. So then she'd already discussed with the Bulldogs, um, prior to leaving the first time to go back to the States about returning for the back half the VFL season and then Ryan uh, paid his own way to come over and support part of the second trip and have a look at where they were going to live and, you know, introduce himself to Melbourne. Anyway, Dan had a game and it was I think it was about a two o'clock start. We didn't need to be there that early. So Ryan and myself went and did a little bit of um, innocent shopping and then we had to drop into a cricket centre and we drop into this cricket centre and after about two minutes, this guy – approaches the counter where we were standing and I was talking to some people and he just looks at Ryan and he just starts going, you're the guy. You're the guy. (laughs) And Ryan sort of took a step back and I'm thinking, yeah, you're the guy. He goes, on the video, your wife plays AFLW football. And with that, Ryan (laughs) just started laughing and sort of looking at me and going, yep, I'm the guy. I guess I'm the guy. So obviously, this this fan had seen Ryan and seen that video, and and just happened to be randomly at the cricket center on the same morning we were there. It was it was it was an extraordinary moment. So I guess he'd realised that made Ryan realise that his wife had made a fairly big impression in a very short period of time. Do you
0: do you think that well, first of all, do you did did that (laughs) video actually end up on the news in Australia, or was that something that they probably just found on YouTube?
1: Yeah, it, it, it just did the social okay. media rounds. Okay. So it wasn't that something. Uh, yeah. It wasn't on the mainstream, okay. mainstream news. It, it just did the social media rounds. It was, it was done by Phoenix, one yeah. of the TV yeah. networks in Phoenix, um, that had cottoned onto the story and, uh, they wanted to do a follow up. And, and I think Danny, when they interviewed Ryan, I'm not even sure if Danny was back in Phoenix at the time. Honestly, can't remember. She made I, I, it. I, I, uh, I think she pounds. was there
0: because I think she came I think she came and gave him a hug after he got done talking, if I recall correctly. Uh yeah. of course. Yeah, 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 you're right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Your memory's uh, a little bit better than mine yeah. on that one.
0: Now now that you know Danny has had some success in at this high level with the AFLW, is this are is there a conscious effort right now that's being made to try to Find the next uh, AFLW player here in the states. Is this is this where they're going to start to look for more players?
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there's a conscious effort at the moment, but certainly there's there's an aspect of Danny being a pioneer, and and what I would say, um, and and. and it's an extraordinary thing what she's done. I guess if I could say before I answer your question directly, Craig, if I can, what she's done is one of the most extraordinary things. I've been involved in sport at a professional level in a variety of sports for, for 35 years and myself, either myself as a player, an umpire, or in, a, as an, in an administrative or managerial capacity for a long time, I've never seen anything like this. It's extraordinary that a girl um, could play a game in a foreign country that doesn't really play the game for three months, impress someone who just happened to be randomly where where she was playing, but impress someone enough to to think, gee, she's talented. That that's impressive enough, just that. But then to take to to just hedge your bets come over to the country with no promises, pay your own way, um, and then impress the Western Bulldogs enough in a very, very short space of time, i.e. four weeks, that they would offer her a contract. It's extraordinary. But then to be able to compete on an AFLW field with, she probably played 10... VFL games, including a grand final, the, the the VFL season was very beneficial for for Danny, and obviously the West the, the Bulldogs because the VFL team went all the way to the grand final in 2019. But to to to, to see you compete in a, in a VFL grand final after effectively ten games of football, and that's not discounting anything she'd done in the right, USA, right. but obviously the, the standard of football. The analogy I've got, and if I can, if I can give this to the listeners, the analogy that I and I've actually shared this one with Danny. It's like you're a swimmer, and you've swum a few laps of a swimming pool, and then a swimming coach looks at you and says, "Come with me," and he takes you to the Olympic final, and in you go. That's the analogy. That's how big it is. Yeah. So she basically was an okay swimmer. And then all of a sudden, with not much practice, found himself in the Olympic final. It is
0: amazing when you think about when you think about it. It's
1: it, it, it's it's amazing. So my my point to 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 get to your question directly about a conscious effort of um, are the AFL making a conscious effort of recruiting to America? No, they should be, but they're not. But what I will say, if there's a person out there who thinks they can make it. And, and, and they have a reasonable level of ability and a desire to make it. We can help okay. them make okay. it because Danny Marshall's shown you can do it. Mason Cox has shown you can do it. There's two live examples. Yeah. Mason Cox is an amazing footballer in the AFL with the Collingwood footy club. Amazing. He, he's a game changer. He influences and wins games for the Collingwood footy, football club when, when he's on Danny Marshall's pioneered a, a, pathway, um, and that pathway might start at the Aberfeldy Football Club, for for some some young Americans, if they think they've got a genuine shot, but you've got to have an incredible desire and, and, and take an incredible leap of faith, so you've got to have an, an enormous amount of courage to do what she's done, that if they're not actively looking, you can get them to look at you. You can be good mm-hmm. enough. And there are a number of, I'm, I'm a little bit remiss of, of knowing their names. There are three or four, I believe, young American girls dotted around Australia over the last 12 months, um, that are, that are playing various levels of football, um, here okay. in this country with, with the dream of, of falling into Danny Marshall. I Princeton. didn't realize
0: that there were already some that had begun to make that, uh, to make that move there. That's terrific. That's true. And, and,
1: yeah, yeah, there's, there, 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 was a, there's a girl, um, and, and Danny is a friend of, I think her name's April and, and her surname, and I must apologize, it escapes me, um, was on the, on the VFL list for the Essendon Bombers, um, last year. And I think, uh, at last, course, she's playing, uh, a, a, what we know as a, as a summer competition, um, or a winter competition, I'm not sure, up in the, in the Northern Territory, I believe. So, I think there are a couple okay. um um but yeah i mean there, there's that there, if you're an athlete uh, i mean football football's a kick and catch game and and if you can run and you're an athlete and you can run um you know you can be taught to kick and catch i've got i've got no doubt about that so, okay. um you know if you if you want to live a dream and and follow a story and maybe if your chosen sport in the u s is not quite doing it for you, or the opportunities just aren't there, or there's too many, too much competition for spots. Australian rules football um, is an outstanding opportunity, um, and as you said, uh, Craig earlier in the conversation, you said there are four more teams coming into the AFL. Um, so if list sizes remain the same, there's a, around about 30 players on an AFLW list at the moment. That's another 120 players that need to be found and, that, and they can be easily found within this country because female football here in Australia or girls football at the younger levels is exploding. It is the fastest growing sport probably on the planet at the moment. Um, um, because, um, you know, young girls now at 12, 13, 14, 15 years of age here in Australia you can see a pathway yeah. and the AFL. Needs to be committed. That was going that. to lead
0: me into my, into my next avenue here of, of, of questions. Um, you know, un, until that, that groundswell of these younger players who play the game for eight, nine, 10 years reach the age to where they can play in the AFLW. Right now, the AFLW is drawing in athletes from all sorts of different avenues, whether it be cricket or netball or soccer, um, that type of thing. Based upon what you have seen, what what type of athlete from what background do you think is is able to make the easiest transition to footy? Uh,
1: soccer athletes, um, obviously, because it's, it's a game where you've got to have tremendous speed and endurance, and, and it's a kicking game, uh, soccer. Uh, netball or basketball, because of the – Evasive skills. Uh, there's there's a number of of, uh, of basketballers uh, on the, on the male side in Australia that have transitioned into AFL football. So if you're a if you're a college basketball player and you've got speed and agility, uh, you you can play AFL football no problem. Um, you know if you're a if you're a gridiron player with the um, or US football player uh, with the, the tackling and running ability of a running back or a mm-hmm. linebacker or a, um, these these sort of people, um, you can you can play AFLW no problem. If as I said, if you're an athlete, and you can run. If you've got speed and agility, um, and you can and, and you're prepared to listen to coaches and be taught running patterns, you you, you can transition in this
0: game. That's that's great advice. And I you know I'm I'm hoping that you know some of the folks that are listening here in the US <laughs> who you know are thinking that hey my my you know collegiate career of athletics or even my high school career is is ending that that maybe there's another avenue you know whether it be you know in the USAFL cuz you know we have got dozens of teams across the country that are that are playing um so you know that that Craig would be my recommendation to
1: people my my recommendation if there are some listeners who are listening well, to I the podcast um, <laughs> and want to find a new sport uh, in the, in the US, I would highly encourage them to find a US AFL club in their area. There are many, many very dedicated clubs dotted around the United States. In in most right, of the major right. cities in the US, they'll find a team. You'll meet some phenomenal people and have a phenomenal time. And if you start to dominate. Those games, there are the United States competes in the international rules series. Which there's an international rules series on the Sunshine Coast in 2021. That the AFL teams, I've got no doubt the scouts will be up watching that international rules series for both male right, and right. female. And if you're good enough and you're able to make the US national team um, for for that. Then you'll get spotted or you'll get scouted here in Australia. I've got no doubt.
0: So, you know, when we talked the other day, you know, we, we got into just how important, um, the AFLW game is from like a societal standpoint. Can you, can you, uh, expound on that a little bit? Cause you, you said that this is a really important thing for, for the country itself, not just for the sake of sport, for, for other things as well.
1: Uh, it's it's outstanding. It's it's an outstanding. There's two sports here in this country that, that are leading the world um, in female participation and and providing a pathway now for females to to make a professional living, and that's the AFLW and cricket. Both those sports have done an outstanding job. It's so important because back in the day, I can I can picture it. You know, in a family where you might have. Two boys, two brothers and a sister, and the boys are out the back kicking the footy in the backyard. The sister is left out of that situation because, obviously, the brothers want to kick the footy with each other. And then, of course, the the boys go on the football on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Uh, You know, their sister goes along because she has to with nothing, really nothing to do. But now, since the AFLW, young girls, the amount of young girls you see at football now, it's it's extraordinary. The amount of young girls you see on grounds after games, kicking the football, it, it's, it's bringing families together because all of a sudden now, the whole family is involved in football. And the girls are actually leading the charge and saying, Mum, Dad, come out the back for a kick. And it's not just the boys' domain anymore. And there's so much... You know, and we are starting to see the very first influx now at the Bulldogs, uh, where Chris Grant, his daughter, um, Izzy, um, um, is, um, uh, is made the, you know, has been signed as a father daughter. We're, and we're starting to see that amongst a number of clubs. So now, um, uh, you know, Players of this day, players of this day were not the old father and son combination as far as getting signed with, uh, under the father son rule. There'd be father daughter rules, um, where, where daughters, uh, of the, of the, uh, some famous footballers are going to be signed. And, and I know that that's going to make their, their fathers and their, their, their mums incredibly proud and continue that family name, um, uh, you know, amongst, amongst their football club. And and it excites the fans. It excites the fans. And, you know, I saw Chris's daughter play a, a, an AFLW practice match and she danced around a couple of players and, and pinged his of pass and she had the number three on. And I went to her dad and I said, it's in the jeans. And he said, she might have a bit more talent than <laughs> I have. And I think dad was being a little bit kind because he was a yeah. pretty handy player But... um yeah, it's exciting for the fans. The fans well, you figure it.
0: in a generation, they're going to have to make some adjustments for mother-daughter as opposed to father-daughter. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. absolutely, one yeah. hundred percent, and and that's that's awesome. That so it's it, it's bringing society together, it's bringing families together, it's making the it's making it all inclusive for everyone, and 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 it's doubling the fan base um, for football. And, and the AFL uh, and the VFL, they need to be um, uh, complimented and um, in what they've done. And, and it's only going to grow. It's going to continue to grow. And, and it's a it's a twenty twenty five year investment in the game. But in in twenty or twenty five years, the, the standard football will be phenomenal. It'll be absolutely phenomenal. And we we'll have we've got it now. We've got some phenomenal female athletes running around in the AFLW. In 20 years time, they'll be even more phenomenal than that's, what they that's are. That's going to be
0: exciting to see. I mean, it, it really is. It's, uh, you know, and I, I think even in, in 10 years, it's going to, there's going to, you're going to, you know, and I've, I've noticed just in the few years that I've been watching that there's been a marked improvement from year to year as the players get another year's worth yeah. of training under their belt that they become, they become more, you know, yeah. they, you know, cause again, we talked about earlier, they're bringing their skill set from, Netball, or soccer, or um, basketball, or whatever the case may be, that that they're they're developing the skills of this new game, and it and it's being reflected. um, You know, I am going to use an example. Somebody that you know who you know I don't know a lot of the players, but somebody that I you know would see all the time on on bounce. You know, Layton, who was a phenomenal netball player from what I have been told, but early on, you know, the first year or so that she was playing footy. She looked like she struggled a little bit, but this year she, she, I noticed a marked improvement in terms of her skill set this
1: year. Yeah, you, you pick up, you yeah. pick up the rhythm of the game and, and, and the nuances in the game. And, and, you know, that's one of Danny's challenges that she faced once she, you know, we, we, we became aware she was going to make it was then to pick up the nuances and, and the, and the, the bits of the game that aren't as obvious and they get trained into you and and the more games you play, it's like anything you do in life, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And and Shani's making a tremendous uh, impact on on football now for Collingwood. So and and she'll encourage other netballers, um, you know, at that elite level, if netball's not quite doing it for them for whatever reason to to That's make the great, transition. Yeah.
0: Now I wanted to kind of transition to some things that are going on in the present here yeah you know, because we're well there's really nothing going on in front of the scenes but behind the scenes there are all sort you know there are all sorts of plans that are being talked about and discussed to to get the footy season up and running when it's uh when it's time to do so um and there've been all kinds of different ideas that have been tossed out there um one of them was this idea of of having these hubs where you would send you know a half dozen teams to like three different hubs and i think they've talked about uh Darwin and Cairns i believe i remember watching a game in Cairns the beginning of last year i think it was Gold Coast and 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 north where they were playing in they were playing in a monsoon and i mean it was i'd never seen rain that heavy mm-hmm. um and it was you know so there's talk about you know taking a half dozen teams to those areas do you think do you think that's a a viable solution to get the to get the season underway,
1: it, it seems on face value it seems so. Although there is a big think tank and, and things with the current environment, Craig, as as I'm sure they are globally, the the the, the environment right, changes right. on a daily basis. Um, so that yeah, the the hub idea is is very heavily discussed here in here in Australia by. A, you know, there's, there's a, a number of AFL presidents, Peter Gordon from the Bulldogs, Eddie Maguire from Collingwood, a number of other presidents who, who sit, um, on a, on a, a, I'll call it a think tank, um, or a strategic planning committee with the, um, the powers of the AFL to, to get the game. And, and obviously everyone wants to get the game back going as soon as they possibly can. So the hub idea does seem very feasible because it, it limits travel. And it limits the movement of people unnecessarily to say to base them. Um, the big issue from the players' point of view is being away from their families because um, AFL football, it's a sport where you, you're used to being in your home state or, in um, you know, every week. And, and then you go and travel for a game right, and you're right. immediately back. You it's not like a baseball trip where you do a four- or five-day road trip. You do a, a two-day yeah, road yeah. trip and then you're back. Um, so the... What happens to families, especially players with young children, and and you know if their wives have got to work, and there's so many other factors, life factors uh, that, that are being discussed. But but as I understand, it, the hub is just one plan of a number of fluid plans that change daily depending on what happens with this yeah. this COVID uh, nineteen situation globally. and, and it's,
0: it's looking likely that what, whatever happens. That, that, that fan supporters are going to probably be relegated to just watching the games on television. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It it would seem so. Yeah. That's it. It would seem
1: so.
0: That, that doesn't work. You know, that doesn't work too badly for me because that's my only avenue right now watching. But yeah, for people who are, you know, accustomed to being in the stands and, and, you know, cheering their heart out it's it, it's going to be a bit of a culture shock which you know this year itself has already been that because the games aren't happening um now there've also been some-
1: yeah there, there's been there's been some talk just just quickly there has been some talk about creating um through special effects creating the sounds of a crowd at a game for the players because I think the feedback from what I've just heard from the general press, from the players was that they obviously had to create their own uh-huh. excitement in round one. And that was okay because it was, well, it was only one game as it's turned out to be, but to have to continually do that week in, week out for the players is going to be very tough. And, uh, so there, there has been some recent talk here in Australia about through with, with some very sophisticated special effects creating a crowd. No, I, I know what, yeah, I know exactly
0: what you mean. What do you what do you think about that? Is that just does, is that kind of an over the top solution to you or do you think that's a do you think that's a practical thing to do?
1: No, uh, I I haven't I, I really honestly okay. haven't given it too okay. much thought to be okay. honest, to tell you now, the honest truth.
0: And you know, I, I wanna, you know, get into a little bit of 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 your background here before we wrap up, but I had one other thing I wanted to to dive into and this has been this looks like it's been a bit of an issue that uh that some people are a little bit leery of and that's uh what's going on with the giants right now where you've had a couple of um business people here from the states who have invested several million dollars into gws uh because and there's concern about this this specter if you will of private ownership of of clubs in the uh in the afl is that something that that Concerns you, or is that something that you see possibly as an inevitability to help maybe stabilize? I know that the, the the league got the the big loan from the different banks, but is this something that you see could that could be beneficial? Whether it be investors from Australia or from from wherever, maybe not China right now. Um, that <laughs> that would uh, would be helping to provide some funds to help stabilize the different teams.
1: Yeah, look, private ownership in, in, in this country has never really been a successful model. That's not saying it can't be a successful model. Uh, one of the big issues that prevents, um, a lot of owners, um, investing in sports in this country is that the ownership of the stadiums, the stadiums are owned by various entities and, and there's never been a private owner to my knowledge in a major sport. Here in Australia, that's actually actually own the stadium and then been able to control the revenue that comes in and out of that stadium. So that's been the big block on private ownership. There was some thought uh, about eight or nine years ago in cricket when the um, what's called the Big Bash League, which is a T20 cricket league here in Australia, that that might be part privately owned, but the owners uh, balked at uh, the the opportunities for investment when they found out that they weren't uh to own a stadium. There are a couple of businessmen in Sydney um who are very closely aligned with GWS, they're mm-hmm. so American billionaires. And it has been mooted in in press coverage that they may have some potential interest, but that would need the the approval of the AFL. It would need the approval of the uh the member base of GWS because clubs in Australia are are effectively owned by the members. Um so we need a certain range right, right. of members to vote, voted favorably. But in, in the current economic climate that we're in, where, where funding for sporting teams, um, isn't as guaranteed as what it was two months ago, for instance, um, uh, basically any model that, um, is going to provide the necessary funding, uh, to fund, uh, an AFL team and an AFLW team, because not only now do teams have and this is what people in the US may not be aware of, Craig, They're teams don't only need to fund their AFL men's team and their AFLW women's team, they also need to fund the VFL men's team and the, and the VFL women's team. So the clubs have got to fund four teams now. Um, so the pressure on clubs to raise money um, from the traditional
0: means right, is that... getting harder and harder. So
1: I think any financial model that brings a necessary finance to the game. Yeah. I saw Has something recently, if
0: I'm not mistaken, that, uh, that Carlton shut down their VFL club. If I, I thought I, thought I saw that. Okay. Uh,
1: I, I haven't seen that. You may, you may be a bit more, uh, aware of that. I'm not okay. certain that that's the case. Uh, but I, I haven't seen that, but it may have been some recent news. I've, I've been heavily occupied myself in the last couple of days, um, uh, it's cricket contract time so it's a, it's a it's a busy time for me professionally in cricket um so i'm heavily involved uh with some 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 clients that i represent um in discussions with them at the moment and and prospective teams so so I'm, 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 i may not be across all of the news okay so, and that kind of leads
0: me into uh to what i was uh, gonna kind of finish up with here today and you know you you, you mentioned earlier that you had been involved with, with sports at different levels for the last 35 or so years. You started out with the Bulldogs back in the late 1980s, if I'm not mistaken, or with Fitz. Yeah. With, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you transitioned into a couple of different things. You worked with the, the Monarchs in the, the Australian baseball league. And then you were <laughs> general manager of the, the national soccer, national league soccer team as well. And after those things, you decided to venture out and create your own. Your own company, this Global Sports Three Hundred and Sixty, and tell us a little bit about what what your what your company does.
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks, uh, Craig. It's uh, nice to, um, to to have that opportunity. Yeah, we're we're a sports management agency, and we manage primarily at the moment in cricket, which is the the, the chosen summer sport here in Australia. The, the closest thing for our American right, listeners right. is baseball, so it's it's very similar. Um, in an into a, to a baseball game. And, um, yes, yeah, so I'm a cricket agent, uh, predominantly in the female space. I do have a couple of male clients as well, but I, I've morphed, uh, predominantly in, in the, in the female space and, um, and, and look after the management of the contracts and endorsements of, of those people. And, um, and then Danny, um, she's tend to, she's, she's part of that group now, obviously, um, uh, part of, part of my management group and, um, and uh, and the cricket girls too have have been they all follow her on Instagram and Facebook and uh, they've all followed the story and some of them have uh, have been lucky enough to meet her and she's been lucky enough to meet them too and and you know they share stories and and what have you so yeah we Global Sports Three Hundred and Sixty we're predominantly a cricket um, agency management service but but we can take athletes on from. Okay. most most sports yeah. and um, cuz i i looked around yeah, your website so and I, I
0: saw that it was predominantly cricket players and i was going to ask and and you mentioned it already you know that you know that you're you're predominantly cricket at the moment but you were maybe looking at expanding and you brought Danny on board as well so maybe she you know maybe she'll be a uh, a good uh stepping stone to help to increase your client base as well then
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you don't do it for those those reasons. I think it's important in a in a managerial business too that you're actually right, able right. to be integral right. for your for your clients and 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 actually you know, look after them and and sometimes if you have too many then you just don't have the physical man hours to to uh, to to take care of them properly. But hopefully all the girls are happy and at the moment they're all contracted, they're all playing, so um, terrific. That, that, that's a great. Well, start. So, you know so, we've yeah.
0: we've covered pretty much everything that I had on my, my list. And the, you know, there were a couple of things that we talked about off air that we were not going to get into on air, uh, some funny stories and some things that you, which you're completely fine. I, I don't want to, I wasn't going to, you know, put you on the spot or anything like that, but I, I thank you for taking time out of your, your Friday evening to sit down with me. I hope this was fun. I hope you enjoyed this and, and like the opportunity to, yeah.
1: Uh, it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. And, and absolutely. Just absolutely. Just really quickly, Craig, it's been absolutely awesome. It's, it's been great to get to know you personally in the, in the, in the last little while as well. And, and this is a beauty of sport, you know, your connections from people all around the world. You know, uh, I've got some tremendous friends in the United States. Um, and in fact, if absolutely. I can just mention it really quickly, the, the, the Melbourne Monarchs guys, uh, really quickly, um, we're about to have a Zoom chat with about twenty of us and about half the guys reside in the US tomorrow morning. It's gonna be a, a ton of fun to to reconnect with some some twenty five year friendships um tomorrow morning. It's gonna be great. But if I can just for the for for the people in the US and the people here in Australia that that, that are not totally familiar with Danny's story, it's genuine amazing. It's it's phenomenal. Um she's a phenomenal young lady and uh, and and her family are just great people, and and we're really really proud of what she's done. And it's only the tip of the iceberg. I know now um, she's she's training really diligently um, in this COVID nineteen period, and and I'm sure as the, as the next years roll on, she's going to make America really proud, and 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 uh, and her family I'm really proud of her efforts. And and I know um, it, it's just been a, it's been a phenomenal for me personally to just play a really small part in that and and now I now I just sit back proudly and I I'll that, watch it. Unfold. I, yeah
0: you you are you are in many ways you know you have a hand in in changing the history of the game in your country just by having you know going to that game in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah you're too kind very 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 small very very small um cog in a, in, in a really big wheel She's the one that She's the one that's done it. She took all the risk. Um, and, uh, and, and, and now she's taken the opportunity, but the, uh, yeah, that didn't come without a hell of a lot of risk and, 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 and a, and a hell of a lot of effort, The the amount of training that, that she did prior to coming to right, Australia right. by herself with her husband, I should say, and by herself for, for four or five months in the 40 degree searing yeah, yeah. heat in Arizona. Um, you know, the amount of hours she put into it, um, by herself showed an unbelievable commitment, you know, before she arrived. And now, now she's getting some reward for that and she richly deserves it. So that, you know, she deserves all the success that, that comes her way. And, and, and it's exciting. And we, we, do, we look forward to seeing it unfold. Um, I just hope people follow the story. And, um, you know, if they're in Australia or they're at a game or they're at a US, um, AFL game, in the United States and she happens to be back home. Go up and say hello. Yes. I'm, and she'll be more than happy to, you know, to, to,
0: yeah, I'm to hoping, talk to you, you know, that, uh, you know, I've, you. I've become friends with her on, on Instagram and I think on Facebook as well. And I'm hoping she's all right with me reaching out to her and, you know, wishing her luck, that type of thing. But she seems to be a very grounded and genuine person. And I, I was thrilled to be able to talk with her last week. It was a great, you know, I, I talked to her for about 45 minutes like we did today. I talked to her for like 45 minutes before I ever turned on the recording and then we still had about an hour and a half conversation it was it was, it awesome. was phenomenal yeah. Yeah, it was great yeah. yeah
1: awesome awesome craig yeah and and to mate too um you know the work that yeah you know, people like yourself are doing in the united states to to grow our game it's phenomenal and if i, I, I if i can help that in any way shape or form i'd love to because i love football um, you know, I love cricket. Um, yeah, and, and I love our country here in Australia. It's a magnificent country. If you, um, if you're in the United States and you've, you've, you've not had the chance to no, visit, that's it's, it, it is on my originally. list of things
0: to hopefully do someday, but it's, uh, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm hoping to get there. Like I, I think I'd mentioned the other day, I've got to get my, my youngest, uh, through college and get her on her way. And then hopefully I can, I can venture out and do that. Um, but yeah. Hopefully, yes. hopefully the world's yeah. returned to normal exactly. really,
1: really soon and, and, and people are going to be able to, you know, start to freely travel again and, and all of those things. Cause there's, you know, we're all doing it. There's a lot of people in, you know, in both our respective countries all around the world, you know, whose families right. are right. doing it tough at the moment. So, you know, let's just hope that, um, this, this phase of life, uh, passes through without too many. Um, too many more casualties, or hiccups, or people getting ill, exactly. or, or deaths—even worse. Um, and and we're all about to, yeah, re- resume normal yeah. normal service fairly quickly. And you bet, and sir. We'll and I, I will be Australia back in one touch one day, because
0: you were gracious enough to say, hey, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll kind of guide you in directions and maybe trying to you know, work out some connections with meeting up with some people online and hoping to find other, you know, prospective uh, guests for the show. I appreciate you making that offer. Um, that was, that was very generous, generous of you. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'd, I'd like to thank my guest today, Mr. Cameron Richardson, the managing director of Global Sports 360. I had a lot of fun with this discussion. I, I'm hoping he did as well. And I, I hope those of you who are listening enjoyed today's podcast. I hope that you'll, uh, consider sharing this podcast with your friends because would love to get, you know, Danny's message out there to as many people as possible, whether it be here in the States or in Australia. And before I go ahead and end this, I would like to congratulate Frode Jernhart on his inaugural episode of the Stray Dog Footy. He's a Bulldogs fan, a huge Bulldogs fan. Uh, it was a real fun look at how he became such a huge supporter of the Bulldogs. And Frode, I I wish you luck going forward with forward with that. And uh, Mr. Richardson, I truly appreciate you taking time out of your your evening to to sit down and talk with me. Thank you so very much. You bet. You You
1: bet. talking to me.
0: Thank you so very much. Ladies and gentlemen, I honestly cannot tell you how humbled I feel knowing that you're tuning in to listen to my show. I cannot thank you enough. It is greatly appreciated. The last two weeks have been huge for my podcast as I've put out four episodes in a relatively short period of time. It may have been a little bit overwhelming for you as a listener, But I've simply had some great stories to bring you, and I wanted to get them out to you as quickly as I possibly can. Especially in our time of being sequestered away in our homes, I'm looking to help out in my small way to fill the void that we're all feeling while we're waiting on the return of footy and that we're waiting on the return of some semblance of normalcy to return in our lives. I'm just trying to do my part, my small part, and I, again, truly appreciate you listening. If you didn't get a chance to enjoy any of those episodes, they're all available for you at your favorite podcast hosting site. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. Even if everybody shared it with just one or two friends, that would help to grow the listener base, and it would help me to get my message out to more and more people and help grow the game of footy here in the U.S., and help to let you in Australia know just how much we appreciate your wonderful game. Don't forget that while you can find all the episodes of this podcast at ayankonthefooty.podbean.com you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. And now that you've listened, I would love it if you'd consider giving me a review on the podcast host that you're using. If you're on the Podbean app, I'd love to hear from you in the comments. If you're on Apple, I would love a review. If I've earned a 5-star greatly appreciate it, but I love honesty as well. Don't forget that you can reach me at a at gmail dot com and on twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on facebook and instagram at a yank on footy. Also, I'd like to thank mister joseph mcdade for the use of two of his great pieces of music. mister mcdade has created some fantastic music, and I'm using the pieces Elevation and Winter's Mist. You can reach him at josephmcdade dot com slash music. Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to thank Mr. Cameron Richardson again of Global Sports 360 for being my guest for this episode. It was a great discussion that we had to build upon what uh, Danny Marshall and I had talked about last week, but to also delve in a little bit more deeply into the game itself as well. And ladies and gents, while many of us are fans of our teams, deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. We are at a strange point in the recent history of mankind, ladies and gentlemen. We're seeing some positive glimpses around the world. Hopefully, we keep going in that direction. I hope that you and your family can stay safe. I hope that you're able to take the proper measures to protect yourself against this virus. Be tolerant of one another. Be kind to one another. Have some fun. Laugh. Make good memories. Again, ladies and gentlemen. I thank you for listening, and I ask that you share this podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 20 of A Yank on the Footy. My guest was Cameron Richardson of Global Sports 360. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. Again, thanks for listening and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. I'll talk to you very soon, ladies and gentlemen.